Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, and I'm joined with Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. Former country music singer. <laughs> and John David Rogers, current country music singer. Uh, I was going <laughs> to sing in like a country <laughs> accent, but we've been doing too much singing on this thing. Oh, we have been doing too much singing. Um, what's up, guys? What are we talking about? We are talking about answering the question, am I really saved? Mm. Because, you know, life can get hard and we can make some choices and that camp high can go away or that mountaintop moment with God can disappear and it can feel like we're really far from God. And in the moment or the season of when I've been doing really bad things, even though I've once, you know, began a relationship with God, but let's say like I get into a place where I haven't really been spending time with him and it's just been felt really stale. And I've, I've kind of lost that feeling or that side of God. And then I got into a car wreck in that season. You know, does that mean because of how I was living right then that I fell off or was no longer saved or maybe was never saved. Yeah. And then like specifically, I think a passage in the, in the Bible that a lot of people, it kind of can create fear um, in an unhealthy way is out of Matthew seven. And it just reads this. And then David will talk about this. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Which is a really heavy totally. passage. And specifically, I think it says, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I think people, they don't know they're asking this, but they're asking, am I doing the will of my father? Because I thought going to church, going on mission trips, sharing my faith, these things, prophes- you know, that yeah. time prophesying, so, yeah. casting out demons, like doing godly things is what was doing the will of God. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know that we've ever covered a more important question. Truly. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, knowing the answer to, am I really saved, is the most important question you'll ever ask. And um, and so I, I think there's, there's a couple things. One, the Bible doesn't say anyone can lose their salvation. You can never have it, which is a much more likely scenario if somebody had their faith and they walked away from the faith and they're like, you know, now I'm a total atheist. But you can't, biblically speaking, lose your faith. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. I'm the good shepherd. And he says that not a single one of them will be snatched up from my hand. Like I'm not gonna let anybody who is mine, who I've called, who is a part of the people of God, they can't fall out. Their good behavior didn't get them in and their bad behavior can't get them out because God is the one that he gives us birth. So I think high level of understanding, there's no such thing as losing your salvation or losing your faith or being saved one day and the next day you're not. Hot take. Oh yeah. Some people believe that you can lose your salvation. And they would be wrong. Wow. Yeah. So oh, yeah. what do you, with that, what do you make of Hebrews 10, 26? It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. I think that 
we, uh, uh, the person that he's describing in Hebrews chapter 10 and in Hebrews chapter 6 has been self-deceived and they never were believers. Mm-hmm. They, the entire time, were proclaiming something, but they really had belief in their good works or their, um, read the verse again. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying that they had a knowledge, but it's not just head. It didn't connect to heart. Yes, that's, yeah, that's exactly good. right. And it sounds like that's what these people that Jesus is talking to yeah. in Matthew 7 could be their problem. Yes, that's exactly right. And of all the passages in the New Testament, I mean, this is one that is a sober, um, really sobering passage where that's crazy that people cast out demons. They did mighty works in his name. Some people think he's referring to Judas because mm, Judas cast yeah. out demons and did mighty works. He would have been with the guys when they went two by two to go heal people and cast out demons. But, but for those who don't know Jesus's story. Yeah, Judas is the one who betrayed. He's the, he's the disciple that betrayed Jesus. Yeah. And um, so here, here's a couple things that are a part of a person who has true faith. So if you have true faith, you're going to have these things in your life. You ready? Mm-hmm. You have completely trusted in Christ's death and resurrection on the cross and is rising from the dead as payment for your sin, that your debt created by your actions, the consequences that your sin and anytime you've done something that was not perfect, which is all of us, that Jesus completely paid and his payment was sufficient what he did on the cross, that you're not saved and you don't believe that you can earn your way to heaven or you deserve to have a relationship with God, the person who is a believer understands that Jesus on the cross paid for their sins. He paid for sins they haven't even committed yet. They don't even know they're going to commit next Tuesday. And he paid for those on the cross, every single one of them. And any relationship that you can have and any place in heaven is not because of what you have done, but what God did himself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you put total f- faith in that. A second byproduct of that is that a Christian is someone who obeys the Lord. That's someone who, he who loves me, John chapter uh, 10 says, uh, or John chapter 14, verse six, that he who loves me obeys my commands. That the person who loves God is gonna seek to live and to live obediently to the one who they trust and know and in God's instructions, because they know God loves them so much he died for them. He's not there to rip them off. So any instructions he has are given to help us, to not hurt us. And a person who's a believer knows that and seeks to obey the Lord. They're going to do it imperfectly, but they have an attitude that 1 John chapter 3 says that no one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen or known Jesus. Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. Whoever practices as he is righteous. Whoever practices sinning is of the devil. It's a really extreme thing. But a person who goes, man, I'm going to do what I want when I want, and I don't care what God has to say about it. And uh, they don't have any heart that when you come alongside, you're like, hey, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. They're like, man, I don't care. Jesus died for sins like these. That person reflects the heart of someone who doesn't have any desire to obey, who doesn't love God, because Jesus said in John chapter 14, those who love me, will keep my commandments or they listen to me. So there should be some posture of obedience. That doesn't mean if you ever mess up because all of us uh, are with sin, the same book where John says, hey, if you keep on sinning, then um, then you're not a believer. It's also the same book where he says, if you claim to not be sinning or to not sin, then you don't know the truth. Okay, but I think here's where people can get confused, even with just the two things that you said. So I think it's like, 
but how do I know if I've put total faith in that for the first one? You know, you said if you've completely put your truth, how do I know completely put your faith in the life, death, and resurrection? I think people can sit there and be like, but what if like I've put 90% of my faith, I don't under, like what if I'm missing that one little piece and then keep my commitments? But what if I'm like keeping most of them, but I really have missed it in this one and and I'm just scared? Yeah, I think here's here's a really hot take okay. that I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say before. Okay, ready? Oh, ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the Bible talks about regeneration and it talks in Titus about how we have a regenerated spirit uh-huh. and a regenerated heart that happens when we put our faith in Jesus that gives us the desire to um, hate sin and be grieved over it. I think a lot of times the person who asks this, and I think it's a good question to ask, and you should wrestle with like, do I genuinely believe that only because of what Jesus did on the cross that I can be accepted and have eternity with God? Not because of anything that I've done, not because I deserve it. Um, do I genuinely believe? You should ask that question. Yeah. But I think the person who trusts in Jesus 50 times um, and they're doing it over and over because they're like, um, we think of it like the cold or like if I wanted to catch COVID and I was like, man, hey, come over here, let me drink after you because I just want to get it out of the way, which is a weird analogy. But we think of it as though salvation is something you kind of catch. Like, did it stick? Did it work that time? I don't yeah, know if it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think that's because of bad teaching that makes us think some, you know, word, phrase that you say is what saves you, which is not true. And also because that regenerated heart has a sensitivity towards sin and a desire to please God. So the person who asks the question, am I saved? Sometimes that reflects the fact that they're like, why do I keep on doing this? I don't know why I keep on doing this. I, I don't want to do this, mm. which reflects a heart that is, is re- regenerated. Wow. Because a lot of times the non-regenerated heart, they're not asking like, man, am I really? Like, am I living for God or am I, uh, am I living obediently? They're going, I, I'm living, I am my God and I'm living for yeah. me or I'm not even thinking about that would be more often the case. So even that sensitivity, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said it, I said this in college one time, so you're not alone in this, but I said it this way. Sometimes guilt can be like a, a barometer to how, if you've been walking in the spirit. Yeah. And that's weird because like a lot of times we're like, guilt and shame, that's not of yeah. God. But when you're regenerated, there's a reason why you feel convicted. And it's like, d- take condem- condemnation and it's actually conviction from the Holy Spirit, but we think it's condemnation from the enemy. It's conviction. It's like, no, light and darkness cannot coexist. So it's your body like rejecting darkness because it's it's light now. And so if you're not feeling guilty or if you're not feeling the right word is convicted, it's probably because you haven't been regenerated or reborn. And so your flesh is just like, yeah, this is what I do, but there's a reason why that's there. So it's like, let that be a it's weird. Like you don't want to say, let that be an encouragement, mm-hmm. but it's like that it's a proof of something happening right. inside of you. Yes. The spirit in his presence. Cause that's, that's what happens when you become a believer, the Holy spirit in a way that I also, man, we should do one on that. Um, what that actually means, but you begin to be convicted of things that you wouldn't have been convicted of. Mm-hmm. And so that tormenting of like hiding sin, um, and afraid that somebody's going to find out or doing something that, um, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I keep doing that torment, one, as we talked about confession, because there is freedom in Christ, that's why we bring it to experience healing and all that stuff. But a lot of times that conviction and that guilt is because the spirit is going, hey, I'm gonna press hard, like Psalm 32 says, while you're quiet, your bones are gonna rot away because light can't dwell with darkness. And that conviction and that gnawing and that, man, I, I, I can't do this 
is a reflection of the spirit of God inside of you. So, yeah. Um, so how do you know if I'm reading this, like I, I, back to what I said, like, I think a people can read this and still be like, okay, so you're telling me that I can do everything the Bible says and still like Jesus can be like, I never knew you, you missed it. Like, do you think these people thought they would be in heaven that he's talking about? Oh yeah. It's like not everyone who will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Like they, they thought they were going to be in heaven, right? Totally. What's interesting though is didn't Jesus come and, and basically straight up tell the Pharisees like, hey, you're missing it? Mm-hmm. Like those people who are just doing, like it's like they prayed loudly on street corners so people could hear them and yeah. they would go to extremes. You know, it was all about a show. It was all about religion. And uh, sadly that happens today where a lot of people in the name of Christ are preaching these things to be seen similar to that. Right. So I don't, I think we sometimes apply those to ourselves wrongly. Am I right? Yeah. I guess I'm just saying like, how can I know, um, know that I know that I know that I'm not going to be this person that gets to the pearly gates. And I'm like, God, I thought like I read my Bible and I prayed and I went to church and I did mission trips because for you, right? For you. Yeah. And it's like, what if I'm deceiving myself because of my sinfulness? Like, what if, what if I'm not actually, like, I think when we really think about it, it's like, what if I'm so wicked that I'm doing it for me, but I think I'm doing it for God, but I'm, I can't even see because I'm so wicked that I'm doing all those things for me. Yeah. And so then I get up to heaven and Jesus is like, yeah, you thought, no. Yeah. I think, um, I think it again comes back to that initial question where in Romans chapter 10, it's all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe, uh, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So the people who did those great works for God, or in God's name, did not believe that. Like we got to, that's abundantly clear. Does that make sense? They thought it was up to them. They thought that at some level, they they believe. Who, know what, who knows exactly what they believe? So were they doing it in God's name, but for themselves? That's how it reads. Because like, it's like, didn't we, in your name, in your name, in your name, like, yeah. you know I'm saying? Yeah, they were doing it on behalf and maybe not for his name, or, and they never trusted in Jesus and his work and death on the cross, because anybody who does that is someone who has eternal life. The the scary thing is there's so many people who think that they're Christians. I mean, when you stop to think about it, we have conversations every week down front after the porch, thousands of young adults, hundreds that come over, uh, over the course of months. And you're you're talking to them and you ask them about, Hey, do you have a relationship with God? Or are you hundred percent confident that you're saved over and over and over? People will be like, well, you know, I think I'm like 50%. Yeah, I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to follow God. I'm trying to, trying mm-hmm. to you know, I'm trying to like, turn things around, get things right, and, you know, take some steps, but I don't think I really deserve it right now. They don't understand. They'll never deserve it. Yeah. Like they still have that mindset of thinking, and they would call themselves Christians. Yeah. And they would say, God is important. And they would say, I want him to be, um, you know, even more important, but they're not someone who believes Jesus and only because of Jesus, only Jesus, will I have eternal life? So I think it comes down to that question. Um, And then uh, the Bible does say that you're going to know people by their fruits. There should be fruit that is produced in our life. It also says in James chapter three, 
we all still stumble in many ways, that everyone still has sin in their life and a sinful nature that they will wage war against. And, um, and I think the person who has sin pointed out and who willingly says, I don't care what God says, what anyone says, I'm going to do what I want to do. That person should be really concerned. Can I say two things? Sure. The first is that I feel like Christianity is the only quote unquote religion that it's not, I have to be good and do good. So I feel like sometimes we like take all these other religions and blend in like their teaching is that you do have to be good and then you might get into heaven. And we take that and apply it here. And that just has no place in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say that ever. Totally. It's like you come with your filth. Jesus accepts you. Like he, he takes your sin and gives you his righteousness And then out of that is an overflow, like you were talking about the fruit that happens. Yeah. But Christianity, go ahead. Okay. Here's like an an answer to what you said earlier. Like, what if I'm just so deceived? I'm so sinful. This is another hot take. You guys ready for this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the reason why Christianity even makes sense and why Jesus, it's only Jesus, what he did, the only deserving you have is because not only are we so... Uh, entrenched in sin. It's all we've ever known, like a fish in water. If you're like, hey, yeah. do you like the water? It's like, what's water? It's all he's ever known is water. All we've ever known is a sinful world. We're surrounded by it. We're bathed in it. Our minds are uh, deceived at times by it. We don't even know the sinful thoughts that we have. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the ways, even right now as I'm talking, that there could be uh, non-holy reasons that are infiltrating or influencing you know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying and what I'm doing. All of us also come from different backgrounds. We were raised in different homes. We were raised with different biological chemistry. We all have different psychological wirings. This is is a hot take. Ready for this? It's about to be crazy. And so the things that I struggle with and the level at which I struggle with them, um, they may be like, I'm not nearly waging as much war as the person who was sexually abused, who struggles with same-sex attraction, who day after day has to go to battle against the things that in their mind, they're constantly fighting and they are going to war against it. And they may stumble 10 times more in terms of sexual, um, sexual sin than I do. And yet they have a different story. They have a different wire. And that doesn't dismiss it, doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. Shouldn't use an excuse. I'm just saying, when we look at things and we're so quick to, to put them in, well, hey, I can't believe you did that again because um, that there's both truth in that and there's also we all have varying degrees of temptation. We all have varying degrees of stories. We all have varying degrees of things that are influencing our sinful behavior. And so that's why Jesus, it only makes sense that Jesus is the answer, the solution to um, the problem of sin and the answer for how you can have a relationship with God. Are you all following me on that? Yeah. Yeah. I do. This is, this, this is, um, I'm saying this because it's what you said earlier, David, about saying the right words and, and doing like, I think in all of this summing up, I think we miss God's heart and we think that salvation is this just transaction. Like we have to get it right. And I think a lot of us, we've missed God's love so much. And even the reason that he sent Jesus, that we sit there and we try to think that we can manipulate him with the right words, that we can do the right things. And it's like, I think we're missing the whole point. It's literally that God loves us so much. We're messy. And I, as a kid, would ask for forgiveness and think that if I died without having asked for forgiveness for that one last thing, then I was going to hell. And it's like, oh my gosh, I was missing God's heart in that he's like, 
no, I am a father to you. Like, Mm -hmm. if you have trusted me for salvation, I'm not this like, okay, get it right this time, and then I'll maybe give you some food. Like, no, I'm a father. I delight in giving this to you, which the scripture says. Totally. Um, Do we have time for one quote? Sure. All right. C.S. Lewis wrote this, and I I think it's just so brilliant. It kind of articulates better maybe what I was trying to say. He says this, um, human beings judge one another by their external actions. God judges them by their moral choices. It's, here's another way of putting it. Some of us who seem like quite nice people may in fact have made so little use of a good heredity, hereditary, heredity growing up, a good upbringing that we're really worse than gnome, those who we regard as fiends or as bad people. Mm. That's why Christians are told not to judge. And he, he, um, we could expand on that a little bit more, but we see only the results of the choices a person makes. God does not judge him on the raw material of those choices, but on what he's done with it. Most of a man's psychological makeup is probably due to his body. When his body dies, that will fall off of him. The real man, the thing that chose, that made the best or worst out of his decisions, will stand naked. All sort of nice things that we thought were our own were really due to the fact that we had a good digestion or some other cause. Those will fall off. All sorts of nasty things, which were due to complexes and bad health, will fall off of others. We shall see then for the first time, everyone as he really is. There will be surprises. And um, I think that the point that I'm just driving again back to the gospel is we think of good people and bad people, and I can't believe that you did that. And so much of, of the decision we make, who we are, the things we struggle with, we can't even take credit for because it, who knows what my life would look like if I was raised in a different environment around another person. And the only thing that I bring to the table is my sin and my undeservingness to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that is why Christians say, it's only by trusting in Jesus that you can know and you can be 100% confident. So today, if you're listening, if you've never had a moment where you said, God, I believe you're the son of God. You're my savior. I'm a sinner. I trust that on the cross, you weren't just dying for anyone. You were dying for me. And you paid for everything I've ever done. And because I believe that you died and you paid and you rose, I'm going to have eternal life. I invite you into my life. Take it and lead it where you will and make me more like Jesus. Thank you that I'll spend eternity with you because of what you did for me, not because of how I've lived for you or anything that I've done. In Jesus' name, amen. You pray that prayer and you believe it in your heart and you can have confidence where you're going to spend eternity with God. Wow. That's good. Very. I love it. Well, that's it for us. We will see you next time on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch. 